Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. Hello, this is Sex, Psych, and Self, After Dark. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. My name's Tady, this is Sex, Psych, and self and welcome back don't mind my little intro that song will never ever be making a comeback and it's not really after dark either it's literally 7 30 at night but when you're a work girl like me we've just got to fit in the pod wherever we can it's quite high up on my priority list so here I am 7 30 at night sitting in my little room doing my little thing with my little microphone episode oh my god why is my head saying episode three no we're episode seven can you believe we're up to the seventh episode that means I've been doing this for seven weeks that took me way too long to work out considering I do one weekly um as you know as usual um little weekly update for the start of the pod big things are happening with the podcast we've got a Mother's Day special coming up in May where we've actually got a guest coming on for that so I'm pretty stoked about that and we've also got our nurse chat so I mentioned the nurse chat in the last episode and just asked if it's something that you guys would be interested in none of you replied that's fine I'm gonna do it anyway because it's something that I would be interested in um As I've mentioned before, I have so many great nurse friends and I want to get them all on here and I want to chat about stuff. So that won't be in the immediate future, but it will be later on down the track. It'll be like a work in progress. Um, And I got to decide which one of your bitches I want on the podcast with me if my friends are listening. (laughs) No, I've already decided. So... (laughs) 
I've had so many ideas come out of the woodwork from my own brain and so many people around me. And like I tell them, keep them coming. I love the ideas. Every single one of them is so, so good. And I just cannot wait. I wish I could get out more than one episode a week because it's that exciting. And another exciting little tidbit I wanted to mention and add in. Did you know... I don't know why I'm talking like that. Did you know that when you type in sex, you know, just say you're going on Spotify, you wanted to find my podcast, you'd never looked it up before, so you type in sex, and then up comes like all these recommendations. The Sex, Psych and Self podcast is actually one of the first recommendations to come up on Spotify now if you type in sex. So I'm pretty fucking stoked about that. One of the girls I'm friends with at work, I was like, oh, listen to my podcast. And she typed it in and there it was. Smack bang up the top, Sex, Psych and Self by Tady Daniels. So, I mean, <sighs> we've made it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know whether it's my head, my life, what's going on, but I've literally slept two hours, uh, four hours in the last two nights. So I love that for me. Please wish that I get a good night's sleep tonight. You girls tired? But that's not going to stop me. That's not going to hold me back. I did want to chat about, and I'm sure you've all heard about it, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard fiasco that's going on at the moment. Um, They were taken to trial because from what I believe and what I could gather, again, I don't know all the information on the matter, but from what I could gather, someone was taking someone out of the pair to court for uh, defamation and slander of character. I'm pretty sure it was Johnny Depp taking Amber, his ex-wife, to court for that. Now, I've been watching the TikToks, as I'm sure we all have, and I've been, you know, reading about it on Facebook and keeping up with it on social media and isn't it wild like it's domestic violence and that's something that I feel very strongly about domestic violence that topic and it's something I do want to do an episode on in the past and allegedly Johnny's actually the victim of domestic violence here and not Amber Heard where I think again I'm not fully up to speed with all the information but from what I believe At the beginning, Amber Heard tried to make Johnny Depp look like the perpetrator of domestic violence. And although it's super sad that this is even happening altogether, no matter who was um, the victim or they might have both been the victim of domestic violence in the relationship, it's so sad that this has happened and another situation like this has come to light because it's literally everywhere you look and it's everywhere that you don't look too because it's hidden. It's hidden in our relationships and it's hidden in our families. It's, I think, you know, watching the court trial, everything that's been released and listening to the recordings they have of their personal life, there is no doubt they are both uh, suffering with some of their own mental health issues. And I think they're definitely going to have to get some therapy after the actual court. Um, I think even though, you know, everyone's siding with Johnny Depp and thinking that he's totally innocent, I think that he definitely needs some help in the regard that some of these recordings that are coming out are just not healthy. And it was a toxic relationship, I think, from both parties. So, again, I'm not up to speed on the issues. Um, I'm not actually sure who the court voted in favour of because I haven't 
um, looked in like a day or so. But yeah, they were showing recordings, you know, texts, videos, all of this. I mean, there is no doubt that Amber Heard showed, you know, stereotypical domestic violence perpetrator um, behaviours on these recordings and evidence. But yeah, it's just so sad. And I hope, I hope they both find peace and get the help that they need and that they deserve. Because, I mean, I say this lightly and in not all circumstances, but I think most people do deserve a second chance. And I think they are capable of rehabilitation if, if they are given the chance and the right resources to rehabilitate. And that was my dog. Is that what you think about that? And that's within reason too, obviously. If their crime is just heinous, then, you know, within reason. But anywho, um, isn't that my favourite word on the podcast? Has anyone noticed? (laughs) This week's episode is all about consent. As I'm sure you can probably gather by the title, No Means No, it's an episode about consent. Now, I know I've warned you in the past this episode is coming. Here it is. And it may be a long one because I've got a lot of information in my head and here to cover. But I will add at the start here, this is a trigger warning episode. I do mention sexual assault, rape and a non-consensual culture If this triggers you and if it's something you just don't want to hear about, that's okay. I understand it's not for everyone, but there are so many other episodes that you can listen to that are a bit more, you know, easygoing and um, won't act as a trigger for you. So if you are going to go, I totally understand. No hard feelings. And I'll see you on the next episode. And for those of you who are like me and like, you know, learning about these things, let's get into it. Consent. The definition as consent, and I've briefly outlined my definition that I'm about to say to you off the Wikipedia definition. Now, I understand it's not a great source to go by and it's definitely not an, not, not, not an academic source, but I thought it really nicely clarified the definition of what consent actually is. And it kind of summed it up in quite nicely. And that's consent occurs when one person voluntarily agrees to the proposal of desires of another. It's a term of common speech with specific definitions as used in such fields as law, medicine, research, and what we're going to talk about today, sexual relationships and relationships. Now, as I mentioned at the start of the episode, we are going to talk about uh, sexual assault in this episode. And the definition of sexual assault, again, a great definition, briefly, um, loosely derived from the Wikipedia definition is sexual assault is an act in which one intentionally sexually touches another person without that person's consent or coerces or physically forces a person to engage in a sexual act against their will. It is a form of domestic violence which includes child sexual abuse, groping, rape, or the torture of the person in a sexual manner. 
Now, I just want to take you back to our first episode, and I'm not sure if you remember, but I read to you a blog I wrote about five or so years ago surrounding consent. It was quite artistic, if you ask me, but I spoke about how being a nurse, as we all know I'm a nurse, and going through nursing school, all you are taught about, I mean, not all you're taught about, you're taught about some other things, but they they place strong emphasis on the teachings around consent. We are told as nursing students that we must gain consent from our patients for absolutely everything from taking a blood pressure to entering a patient's room, literally everything. So why aren't we taught this in school? Why aren't we taught this from a young age? Why is this not forced upon people as it's forced upon nursing students. Now, obviously, I understand the full importance of consent in the medical field. But I also, and I can say this with confidence, consent is just as important in personal sense. I'll tell you what they do harp on us from a young age, though. They tell us to give that weird uncle you only see twice a year a hug, even though you don't want to, because you need to be polite, in quotation marks. They, they tell us from a young age to give mummy's work colleague a kiss, even though you don't want to, because a little kid giving a grown adult a kiss on the cheek is cute, in quotations. Now, usually these teachings as a child and these happenings as a child, they're not taught to us to be malicious and they're not looked as a, at as a form of sexual assault in any means. And that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we need to be taught from the moment that we come out of that womb that our body, our space, our physical touch is just that. It's our own. And the sooner and younger we get on top of this and start educating children, I think it'll really help adults. And maybe it will lower that statistic of sexual assault. We need to teach our children that they don't have to engage in physical acts with adults or anyone. They don't want to. Doing that from a young age is really what starts to combat the come back combat the problem and I know like this is briefly touched on in schools like stop this is my personal space bubble but that's just recited learning we really need to make sure that children have an understanding about why we are saying what we're saying and I said this in the last episode about making our education straight up and straightforward and really to the point and obviously we need to be careful with our younger children because we don't want to absolutely traumatize them but I feel like it's still important to get to the point and make them realize why we are teaching these teachings about consent consent is that simple it's literally a yes not just in the sexual context for kisses You know, it's for everything. It's for kisses. It's for hugs. It's for invading your personal space. It's for coming into your house. It's it's everything. If it's your space, if it's yours, you need to give consent for someone else to touch it or someone else to have it. When it comes to sex, consent is not only sexy, it's mandatory. Okay, sis? I saw a meme that said that and I thought it was gold because I love it. I love it. Now, 
you probably think this next point is like stating the obvious, but what are a few ways you can show consent to make it obvious? Okay. And obviously starting off with a simple yes or no answer. And if you heard that, that was literally my limb just snapping in half. Um, (laughs) And if you say no, you don't have to justify your reason for no. And that's so important in so many other aspects of life. If you say no, you don't have to provide a reason. If you call in sick for work, you do not need to provide a reason unless, you know, it's the rules and it's more than like two days or whatever it is. But if you say no to sex, you say no to sex. And a few other ways you can make it obvious is obviously stating some things like, Oh, please do that to me. I would love you to touch me like that. And of course, definitely take me. Do that to me. And, you know, you probably don't have to say yes if you're taking your pants off and literally pulling someone on top of you. But that's just a couple ways consent can be made obvious. But let's, you know, really put the emphasis on a simple yes or no. Now, this brings me to the FRIES acronym for consent. And, um, you know, FRIES, F-R-I-E-S, the F stands for freely given. And this is all relating back to consent. So consent must be freely given, reversible, informed, enthusiastic, specific, And yes, specific. So freely given. Consenting is a choice you make without pressure, without feeling manipulated. And when you are sober or within your sound mind, so not totally fucked up on alcohol or drugs. Because newsflash, if you are, you're not able to make consent. The R sounds for reversible. Anyone can change their mind about consent. If you said yes at the start and then get halfway through and decide this isn't for me, I don't want to do this anymore, do not feel bad for saying no. Again, you don't have to give a reason. Anytime, anywhere, any point, you are allowed to say no. Even if you've done it before with that person, even if you're both naked and already in bed, even if you're halfway giving him a blowjob, you're allowed to stop and you're allowed to say no. You're allowed to change your mind. You have, you know, you have a brain. Say no. And informed, you can only consent to something if you have the full story. For a little example, if someone uses a con, uh, if someone says they'll use a condom and then they don't, that isn't full consent. So if you're about to have sex with someone and they're like, yep, we'll use a condom, and at last minute they slip it off and stick it inside you, that's sexual assault. That is not consent because you did not consent to be penetrated without protection. When it comes to sex, you should only do stuff that you want to do, not stuff that you feel like you need to do, not stuff that you feel like you have to do, but stuff you want to do. And that's what the E stands for. It stands for enthusiastic. You want to be enthusiasm while providing that consent. If you're just saying yes because you feel like you have to, that's, that's, you know, that's not enthusiastic that's forced and this kind of falls into the above point about reversible but specific saying yes to one thing 
doesn't mean you've said yes to others. So saying yes to going for a drive, to have a little makeout session down the spit, because that's what I used to do when I was younger, doesn't mean you're going down this, you know, doesn't mean you're going down the spit to get put on the spit. Like that's not consent. You've consented for going for a drive. If you get to the spit and realise you don't want to, you know, kiss, you can withdraw your consent. You get the final say over what happens to your body. You get the final green light, red light. It doesn't matter if you've seen that person before, hooked up with them before, had sex with them before. You've got to remember, even if they're your partner, you're allowed to say no. It's never implied. Consent's never implied on what you wear or if you've had sex with that person before or what kind of conversations you had before that encounter. It doesn't matter if you've been... It doesn't matter if you've been, you know, sending nudes and dirty talking on Tinder. All that matters is that you've said yes in that moment, at that time, about a specific act. I don't care if you've literally sent them photos of inside your literal vaginal cavity. That still does not equal consent. There are laws and there is a reason why they've made laws over who can consent and who can't. And like I mentioned before, if you're intoxicated on alcohol, if you're drunk, if you're like wasted at a party, if you're high or if you're passed out, it's a no. <laughs> if you're a little bit buzzed, you know, had a few cruises with the girls, you know, there is a line. You can be drunk and consent, but you cannot be drunk, drunk, like, in, in, like, oh. You can't be wasty pants and be able to fully consent and fully understand the actions about what you're about to, you know, say yes to. And if you're passed out, that's, I hope that's an obvious one. Maybe it's not. But if you are passed out, people can't have sex with you. That's rape. That's sexual assault. There's also laws in place um, in Australia to and all over the world to protect minors, and that's people under the age of 18, so people below the legal adult age or the legal age of consent. Um, these laws protect them from being pressured into sex with someone much older than them, so, you know, this helps. doesn't really help because people are still going to do what they're going to do, but, you know, it sets rules to protect children from being victims of predatory behavior there is a legal age of consent in australia and that is 16 and that just means a person has to be 16 in order for them to be considered capable of consenting to sex adults who have sex with someone younger than that age face jail time and they can be registered as a sex offender so, and I also want to throw in here, you know that if you have sex in public and someone caught, catches you and charges you to the police, you can be, get registered as a sex offender? So if you're out there, you know, on Tinder trying to look for young, not even Tinder because you should be 18 to be on Tinder, but if you're on Facebook trying to look for like 15-year-olds to have sex with and you're 21, I hope you like jail because that's where you deserve to be. Anyone below 16 is not mentally capable, is not developed enough to understand the meaning, to understand the consequences of the actions. I mean, we all know this doesn't stop anyone, but I mean, we can try. 
There are so, so, so many great resources online to read and watch and view in regards to consent and consent in relationships. However, (laughs) the government have brought out some absolute bangers um, in regards to these issues, but obviously absolute drongo dead shit what am i watching adverts and i uh someone i work with actually showed me a video that was meant to be you know stating that about consent and your right to say no and stuff but they were i don't know if some of you have probably seen this but uh, they were drinking milkshakes and i think it was like there was a low-key domestic violence tone in it as well and it was like The girl was like to the boy, do you want to drink my milkshake or try my milkshake? And he's like, yeah, sure. And has a sip. And then she goes, oh, you like it, do you? And just like, like spilt the milkshake all over his face. And you're probably listening like, sorry. And that's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching it. I was like, um, sorry. (laughs) And that's what I was saying before. We need to make our education straight up. We can't expect teenagers... You know, I think this was aimed at about, you know, 14 to 18 year olds. We can't expect these people to watch it and take it seriously because I didn't even take it seriously. And I'm a 26 year old adult who specializes in this shit. Like I couldn't take it seriously. How is high school students going to take it seriously? Government like, come on, bring out better shit that gets to the point. You know, your gambling ads and your drug addiction ads, that gets to the point because that's aimed for adults. Do not treat teenagers like dumbasses. They're smart. They understand like social cues. We need to give them the right resources to grow up to be good humans. And I've said this before. Now we're going to get into talking a little bit about sexual assault. Like I said at the beginning, big trigger warning for this. And I looked up some of the stats of sexual assault in Australia and it's astounding. I'm literally flabbergasted. I cannot believe some of the numbers that I read. Two million adults Australian-wide have experienced at least one sexual assault experience since they were 15. Now, this, uh, this statistic came from 2021, so it might have even risen by now. But, you know, two million adults Australian-wide. So according to the stats, that's one in six... Uh, sex? Got sex on the mind, brother. Um, that's one in six women and one in 25 men. So if you got together with six of your closest girl pals, research says that at least one of you have experienced at least one sexual assault episode since they were aged 15. Now, this can include a you know, vast variety of things. And I know I can definitely tick the boxes for most of these things. You know, being touched inappropriately on dance floor someone engaging in intercourse with you when you are unable to consent, if you didn't tick all the boxes of things we mentioned above, when you're inebriated, intoxicated and unable to consent. And unfortunately, those statistics do keep rising in Australia. As between the years of 2010 and 2018, that number of people that have been sexually assaulted raised by 30%. So that was in 2018. We're now in 2022, as I'm sure I don't have to tell you. That is raising every year because 
we are refusing to educate and we are refusing to put prophylactics, preventatives, prophylactic is a name for a condom, preventative measures in place to stop them young. Stigma about uh, sexual offenders being males, unfortunately, the stats are there. It's proven to be true. Not all sexual offenders are males, but 97% of reported sexual violence crimes, the perpetrators identified as males. Like I said at the beginning when we're talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, it is important to remember that sexual offenders can be women, they can be men, they can be, you know, old ladies, they can be old men, they can be, you know, transgender people, they can, you know, whoever can be a sexual offender. It wouldn't surprise me if, it wouldn't surprise me that this percentage is so high because sexual violent crimes go unreported when they're perpetrated by women because of that stigma surrounding men and getting some. And it's the same two-way standard with men and women being sluts. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Like if a man has sex with 20 people, he's a cool dude. He's a fucking weapon. If a woman has sex with 20 people, she's a slut. She's disgusting. Whore. Get out, bitch. That double standard, I think, is there in sexual, sexually violent crimes. If a guy is sexually assaulted, don't be a wuss. At least you got fucked. At least you got touched by a woman. Do you see what I'm saying? There's that kind of stigma around it. Whereas a woman is more likely to go and report her sexual crime as it's been widely known for years and widely spoken about that men are perverts and they're going to go touch women when women can be exactly the same. We can all have messed up wiring upstairs. Like men can do what women can do in all regards, in the good regards and in the fucked up regards. Men should not be seen as heroes for having sex with all these women. And men are allowed to say no to women. Men can be raped. They are allowed to say no. Consent applies to everyone. Rape used to be defined under common law as carnal knowledge of a woman against her will and was subject to narrow and restrictive definitions of sexual intercourse. So the definition of rape under law in Australia was only defined back in the day. It's not like this anymore, but it was only defined as someone having sexual intercourse with a woman against her will. It has now been modified. So it just says, you know, non-gender, non-gender specific. And it just says engaging in sexual intercourse with anyone against their will. The age, like I mentioned before, the age of consent in all states of all states and territories in Australia, not just some, is 16. So, like I've mentioned before, and this is on another note, but consent in relationships. Consent in relationships was actually requested previously to be spoken about on the podcast. And I don't want to, you know, I've really spoken about consent quite in depth previously and before this time in this podcast that didn't make any sense but if you're dating someone that's not consent 
if you're married to someone, that's not consent. If you're seeing someone, if you match with them on Tinder, like I said before, that's not consent. The only thing that is consent is a yes, is a clear, concise yes agreement of what's about to happen to their body. Consent is still mandatory in relationships. You can't just assume. Assumed consent is not a real thing. You can't assume consent if a girl's looking at you the right way. You can't assume consent if a dude's looking at you the right way. If they touch your dick. Like, if they're touching your dick, that's still not consent. You can't be like, yeah, I'm about to have sex with this person. A lot of you have probably heard about this before, but the slut walk. And it's a movement. A event. And it's trying to encourage the end of rape culture. This includes victim blaming, slut shaming, um, especially when involved uh, when women are, um, when people are involved in sexual assault crimes. Specifically, participants pro um, of the slut walk protest against ex- uh, explaining or accusing rape by referring to an aspect of a woman's appearance saying that a woman deserves to be raped due to the way they look or what they're wearing. The slut work came um, about in April of 2011 and it started in Toronto, which is in Canada. And this came after a police officer um, or a couple of police officers with the Toronto police stated that women should avoid dressing like sluts as a precaution against sexual assault. I'm just going to let that sink in. A police officer, someone that's meant to be protecting us, said women, women, plural, sorry, should avoid dressing like sluts to stop sexual assault. Women got pretty mad about this. Understandably, I'm fucking mad about it. <laughs> that's that's wild (laughs) rallies have been held not just in canada but globally in response to what has happened in canada the protest takes form of a march and it's mainly young women and these women wear clothing that is considered by most as provocative or slutty you know, your short skirts, your little crop tops, your bikinis. I've seen pictures of women with their literal boobs out, which is so amazing. And it happens all over the world. There's, you know, live music. It's a big event. There's workshops. There's, you know, dancing. There's parties. And it's just a massive, massive event where women just really advocate for their own identities and advocate for themselves and also advocate those who are survivors of rape. It is widely criticized by a lot of people, as I'm sure you can imagine. But if there's a slut walk in Australia, invite me to it, please, because you know, I will be there with glitter on my nipples. Now, (laughs) this brings us to victim shaming. As mentioned above, when I was speaking about the slut walk, it's Victim shaming is when a victim is a, is blamed because of what has happened to them. Um, or even some of the blame 
is put on them for their own attack. And it's mainly used when we're talking about rape, sexual harassment, domestic abuse, uh, domestic violence, and dem- um, sexual assault. It can be applied in a lot of other situations. You know, for example, if someone gets murdered walking at night time and blaming them because they were walking at night time, that can be victim shaming. No victim can be blamed for what has happened to them. There is a reason that these crimes are against the law and there is a reason why these people get punished for these because they just shouldn't happen. The victim shaming movement was popularised by the creation of the slut walk movement. An example of victim shaming. I know being raped is bad, but she was flirting with him, so she kind of deserved it. She got sexually assaulted on the way home from the bar, but she was literally wearing a crop top and a short skirt. So she had it coming. She'd been flirting with him all night. She literally had it coming. The bitch deserved it. No. No. Uh-uh. Wrong. Thinking. Switch off your brain. Maybe restart it. Start again. Because if that's the way you think, you're broken. Restart. Buy a new one. You can't buy a new brain. So maybe just <sighs> educate yourselves. It's a crime. <laughs> okay. I've said 400 times. I'm angry. This is making me angry talking about this because it shouldn't happen. Sexual assault in the first degree carries a maximum penalty in Australia of 17 years. Is that it? That is not good enough. 17 years. And that's a maximum. The likelihood of a perpetrator actually getting that is slim to none. I reckon they should get a maximum sentence of life in prison. Due to the malicious, serious nature of this crime, they should get life in prison. I know a lot of you are probably looking at it as, oh, well, it's not the same as murdering someone. It's not the same as taking someone's life. You know, you're not killing someone, but you're killing a part of a person. You are killing that person's ability to trust anyone again. Their dignity, their self-worth, and their sense of safety. So you're not murdering that person in the sense of the word, but you're murdering the good parts of them. And that deserves a life sentence. It is a human right set out by the Humans' Right Commissions that a person has the right to feel safe and to feel respected. You are taking away a person's human rights, which makes you in my opinion, worse or as bad as a person who committed the crime of murder. You're the worst of the worst criminal if you are a perpetrator of a sexually violent crime. I don't want to get too much into my own experiences um, surrounding sexual assault. In my opinion, and from the way I look at it, I don't believe I have ever been raped I do believe um, that, and I, you know, I do believe I have been sexually assaulted and I definitely have been sexually harassed in my lifetime. I have never been penetrated against my consent, 
which is the definition of rape. So I, I wouldn't consider myself a rape survivor. A victim of sexual assault, 100%, I would consider myself this. From the ages of 14, when I became sexually active, to, you know, now in my adult life, I have experienced sexual harassment throughout this whole period. And sexual assault sporadically. And now one instance and one experience from my own life that I would like to um, kind of outline in this podcast is, and in this episode, is a time where I was inebriated, intoxicated beyond belief. I wasn't passed out, but I was like fucked up. And I'm sure you can probably relate to me and I'm sure we've all probably been there before. But... (laughs) A man ripped. So I went back to a hotel. Um, Sorry, I'm getting all over the place because it's shit to talk about. I don't like talking about it. But for the sake of all my amazing listeners and for the sake of education, I will talk about it. And I love the saying, let's make some noise because I'm going to make noise about sexual assault and rape. It's not on. And as I've said millions of times in this episode. But anyways, I went home with this guy. I went back with him to the hotel that he was staying out from a race day. And this happened a couple of years ago now. Um, So I went home with him and I was drunk. Like I had been kicked out of the event. I was drunk and I went home with this man. By, you know, on the bus, it was kind of a blur back to the hotel. I remember getting into the hotel room and immediately feeling like I didn't want to be there with this person. I immediately felt regret for coming home with him um I didn't say anything because you know it was the middle of the night I was a long way away from where I was staying and I felt like I had no choice at that time this man you know he was rubbing up all on me trying to kiss me trying to get all up on me and um I was I wasn't pushing him away but I wasn't embracing him also. I was kind of trying to shimmy, like kind of slippery slope myself away from him, if you can kind of imagine that. And this man reached both hands around my body. I still have my dress on at this point. This man reached both hands around my body, like grabbed the fabric on either side of the zip on the back of my dress and just like ripped it open from the seams outlining the zip so my dress just kind of fell off in a heap um shit this sucks (laughs) to talk about but um yeah so he was like pushing me not violently but you know sexually trying to be all sexy and whatever I just wasn't feeling it so I started pretending to be like really weird (laughs) crazy lady I got on the floor I was putting on an act that I was like crazy acting like an animal um barking just being weird in hopes that it would turn him off it did work for a while he just laid back on the bed and was just like the fuck like obviously just thinking that I was so drunk I literally crawled in the bathroom closed the door and sat there just so drunk just trying to like figure out what I'm about to do with my life he had clothes on the floor so I grabbed his clothes and I kind of put them on so I was covered 
And I was like, I'll just go get in the bed and I'll go to sleep. And then in the morning, like I can go home and it'll be fine. So I got, I got back in the bed with him just in the hopes that I would go to sleep. And he just kept trying it and trying it and trying it. So I eventually started the crazy act again and I got up and I like went in the closet and closed the closet door. And he was just like trying to pull me out and pull me back on the bed, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I'm like, nah, like I'm just going to pretend to pass out. I'll go to bed. I'll pass out. But obviously then I was so, you know, I knew what was happening to me. I knew I was drunk and I never black out, but I, I was having so much anxiety about this weirdo that was next to me and I knew he wanted to have sex with me and I didn't want to. And I just didn't have the balls per se. I hate that saying because you don't need to have balls to have strength, but I didn't, have, that's the word strength. I did not have the strength at that time to say no and to stick up for myself. And I wish that I did. Thank God nothing, you know, crazy happened that I I wouldn't be able to emotionally recover from. But this guy was trying to, you know, when I was lying in bed trying to go to sleep, he was putting his hands down my pants. He was like putting his – because I had his clothes on at this point, so I'd be covered. He's putting his hand up my shirt, like trying to feel me up. Like that – I wasn't into it and I was showing clear signs that I was not into it as well. I never said yes. I never kissed him. I never touched him back. I was literally lying there as stiff as a plank on my back, just staring at the roof, wishing it would be done. I never said no, but I also never said yes. And my body language was screaming. No, take that how you will. I see it as sexual assault and it's just that plain and simple. I did not consent. I was showing all signs of consent and he was assuming consent and that's what you don't do. You do not assume consent. And there are so many other instances in my life and in my history like that one. And a lot of it, you know, I, when I revisit it now in therapy and revisited on this podcast I do see it in a different light and I call it for what it is and that is sexual harassment that's sexual assault and if you're sitting there and you're like I don't know what the difference between sexual harassment and sexual assault is that's okay sexual harassment is a type of harassment Um, it involves explicit uh, sexual overtones it includes the unwelcome or inappropriate promise of rewards in exchange for sexual favors so if you suck my dick I'll buy your bag like that's sexual harassment Um, it includes a range of actions from verbal transgressions to sexual abuse or assault Sexual harassment over social media, this is definitely a prevalent thing, I feel like, in our generation especially. Those unsolicited nudes and unsolicited dick pics, that is sexual harassment. You don't have to look at anyone's dick. People should not be sending you unsolicited dick pics. There is a difference between sexual assault and sexual harassment, like I've kind of briefly touched on. Dirty talking someone on social media, over the phone, whatever, that still requires consent because if dirty talked and there's no consent provided from both parties, that is a form of sexual harassment. So drop the mic, get consent, end of story. (laughs) And I also wanted to chuck this in here because I remember I learned about this when I did my uh, child safety training for my counselling career 
And there is a thing called child sexual exploitation. And I just wanted to bring this to light because I don't think a lot of people would actually realize this, but having sex with another um, adult in a room where a child is present is a form of child abuse. So if you were a mother and a father and your baby sleeps in the bed and you're having sex with the baby in the bed or the baby in the bassinet to the side of the bed or the toddler in the bed next to you, like that's a form of child abuse. And, you know, it's actually a, it's an offense. So maybe don't do that. Just wanted to throw that in there. I feel like it's so important. All right. So in my research, and this doesn't really have anything to do with um, consent, but I found this term and it's chemsex. And chemsex means using drugs as a part of your sex life. It's most common among uh, men who have sex with other men, but it is also becoming more common among people who identify as straight. So who have heterosexual sexual relationships. Um, And other people that identify in the LGBTIQ++ community, people take part in chemsex for a variety of different reasons. Um, Some people say it makes them more mellow, more chill. It increases their pleasure. It makes them relaxed. It looses them up. While people... um, some other people say that they engage in chemsex to address other issues in their life, like self-esteem issues or, you know, relationship issues or, you know, just sexual anxiety. Um, there are three specific drugs that people who engage in chemsex use, and that's a methamphet- uh, methamphetamines, you know, the street names, crystal meth, Tina, apparently, apparently they call it Tina on the street and crank, crank, (laughs) sorry, that was so ugly. Um, so meth and that's a stimulant. So it gets you going. It's a high, makes you have a high. There's also another one called mephedrone. Um, it's a stimulant also, and that has a street names too. And this is my favorite street name for any drug of all time. Meow, meow. Hey, baby, go get the meow meow so we can have some chemsex. It's also known as methyl drone, which is so original, not. And then there are these other two drugs that are not stimulants, but sedatives. And I'm not. Their short name is GHB and GBL. I've got their real names here. But I'm actually probably never going to say that. <laughs> Gamma hydroxybutyrate butyrate. Anyways, on the street it's known as G, Gina, Jeebs, or liquid ecstasy. So there you go. There's a little fact. Um, and I know what you're thinking. Wait, if you're on drugs, you can't consent. You've just, you know, gone on about this. It's not making yourself so drugged up that you cannot consent or be of sound mind anymore. It's just being that little bit intoxicated so you can loosen up. Um, and it's actually like a raging fad in the LG, you know, um, homosexual. I'm not going to say LGBTQ because not all people that identify with that community, you know, know about it, but it's really prevalent in the gay, um, homosexual sexual scene 
there are definitely risks about it. It can affect, obviously, I'm not encouraging taking meth. Never take meth. I would probably never do chemsex ever, but I thought this was really interesting to add into the podcast. It can impact your physical health. It can fuck up your heart and your brain, as I'm sure you can imagine. It's meth. It's drugs. Um, And it can contribute to a long, long future with anxiety and depression. And also, most of these drugs are injected. um, So people injecting drugs iv drug use shared needles does introduce a risk for hiv hep c and hep b which are all bloodborne viruses that you can get via sharing needles you can also become you know addicted to the chemsex drugs so you can open yourself up to addiction problems um, and dependency and you'll have withdrawal symptoms if you stop And, you know, you're under the influence of drugs. You don't always make the greatest decisions. Sure, they say you can still consent within, like, within, like, a level. But it can lead to unsafe sex. And, of course, unsafe sex, as we know, all together now, unsafe sex causes STDs. Like HIV. And gonorrhea. Ah. Gonorrhea. It's a real thing. Anyways. Ways to be safe. Be assertive. Be educated. And order. Don't order them. But get condoms. You know, barrier, contraceptive. Fun devices. To make you safe. And. If you are worried about your health, get an STD check, get tested regularly, and talk to people. Remain educated. Be safe. Be sound. So, that is the episode. We got real, real into it, and real deep, and I got angry. (laughs) But episode seven, Sex, Psych and Self. Thank you so much for tuning in. And yeah, another week, another episode. Next week, I'll have a new episode. I haven't decided. I have two options. So I have to decide which episode I want to do next. But we will see. As always, go follow us on Instagram. By us, I mean me. (laughs) At Sex, Psych, Self, Pod. Um, yeah, I post all updates, everything over there. And you can also follow my personal page if you want. And that's Queen Tady, because as you know, I'm the queen. That was sex, I can self after dark. Look after yourself. (laughs) Look after your mental health. And most of all, most importantly of all, go have some safe, consensual sex i love you guys so much have the best day the best night whatever time of day it is and yeah i better go
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 